This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 65. Submission number 885. Supermarket Sweep Season 1. Supermarket Sweep Season 1 aired on Lifetime from February 5th to May 4th, 1990, for a total of 65 episodes. Is this one of your fantasies? You see a big, beautiful supermarket, and they say to you, Go ahead! Do what you've always wanted to do! Run wild! Grab everything you can get your hands on! Everything in this supermarket is yours, and it's all free! From Hollywood, where dreams do come true, it's the return of the one and only Supermarket Sweep! Are you ready to go shopping? Who's got the Niagara? Supermarket Sweep, and here is our host, David Ruprecht. First, notice the slightly different opening, because, well, not not, not the beginning of the opening, but when Johnny Gilbert calls the uh, teams down, he doesn't say, okay, you're on, he says, come on, you're on. Who's got the you know who's got the Clorox? Come on, you're on. Who's got the all my stories video to sets? Come on, you're on. No, it's no, it's the Scotch all my soaps video cassette. Uh, oh, oh uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, uh, supermarket sweep was. A different beast than it was back in 1967, and certainly a different beast than the one we remember as it, you know, went on Lifetime and PAX and in reruns on Buzzer. And I think the word you're looking for is evolved. Thank you. The word I'm looking for is evolved. And again, where do we start? I mean, there's a lot to break down here because... Even in season one, the game had different looks. Um, As I mentioned uh, at the start, uh, Johnny Gilbert would say uh, after he says, you know, who has the, you know, the the, the, the Claret's uh, gum? Come on, you're on. Not, Not, okay, you're on. It just sounds a little different. But also... If you look at the open, they actually show the facade, the 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 front of an actual supermarket. Uh, is this an, uh, is this the B roll supermarket, or is this something different? Uh, this is, uh, from what I've seen, sort of a uh, kind of a quid pro quo type of thing. Okay, we'll feature your supermarket and give you branding, but at the end of the credits, it says that the supermarket supplied all the, the stuff in the supermarket. And the supermarket we're talking about is Hughes Supermarket, which, 
Looks like it was just sold uh, a couple of years ago. Looks like about 2017 it was sold. And um, I, I've never heard of Hughes outside of here. I don't even remember seeing it on my numerous trips to Southern California. Yeah, I mean, every time I went to Southern California, there was always either a Safeway, a Vons, an Albertsons, or a Ralph's. I've never seen a Hughes in my life. Yeah, I concur. I mean, I've seen plenty of Ralph's, and I've seen plenty of Albertsons down there, but never seen Hughes. Actually, another source says that uh, when the Seattle-based Quality Food Center's bought Hughes in November of 1996, there were more than 50 Hughes stores. Maybe they consolidated them. Maybe they changed the name of them. Uh, And even further looking, it shows that about a year after this merger, all the Hughes stores were uh, turned into Ralph's. That explains it. Exactly. That's why we've never seen Hughes, because sometime around 97 or 98, Hughes became Ralph's, or at least the the name change uh, happened to the stores. Well, it, it was it's basically a Jefferson Wards to Bradley's sort of situation. I'll say this: none of those supermarkets compared to either a King Cullen's or a Wallbounds back in the day. I'll see your King Cullen and Wallbounds, and I'll raise you a Publix and a Win Dixie, my friend. Well, the joke's on you because Wallbounds doesn't exist anymore. Damn it. <laughs> Neither does Winn-Dixie in North Carolina, but that's another podcast. I- I've only been to Winn-Dixie maybe about two times in my life. And seriously, uh, th- this would have been over 30 years ago. Winn-Dixie looked dead even 30 years ago, so I don't... There was you know. the beef people, Mike! Let's just remember that movie. Because of yeah. Winn-Dixie? Yeah. Yeah. Is that another movie we're going to have for a Patreon spinoff podcast? It was a thing at the movies. Yes. Just possibly. We'll cover that around 2025, probably. Once the Patreon gets uh, started up and we're behind everybody and we get no Patreon donations. (laughs) Anywho. Now that we've thoroughly got off off the tracks here, Mike, bring us back here. So beyond the Hughes kind of sort of branding where uh, they got their name shown at the start of every episode, not mentioned though, just, just visually just seen uh, in exchange. Well, I shouldn't say in exchange, but yeah, I'm sure it would be in exchange for all the groceries in the store. This game, it, again, the evolution of this game, even just in the first season is, it is kind of, uh, well, I don't want to say kind of shocking, kind of stunning, but if you look at the early episodes and compare them to even later episodes in that first season, mm-hmm. there are some differences. Most of them for the better, but some of them, eh. So the main game itself, from what I saw, it didn't change much. If you've seen reruns of the show on Buzzer, you'll notice that the first person generally plays one game and they go to a commercial break. And uh, and then the second player plays like generally two, maybe three games, and then they go to the round robin. Uh-huh. From what I've seen, it's more balanced where both players play like two games or it's a more even amount of games. 
Uh, plus, also, it seems like there are a lot more games where you had to pick choice one, choice two, or choice three. Uh, on Supermarket Sweep, you might have, you know, which of these items is under $3, which of these items is over $5, which of these is $1.79. It seems like they played those types of games more frequently than they did in the later years. But also, in the round robin, when contestants buzzed in, the sound effect was a little different, and you might recognize the sound effect uh, that the buzzers used. Oh, are you going might... to play the sound effect? I'm sure I can put the sound effect in here, just so you can, yeah, so it can trigger a memory. This old rhyme claims the recipe for little girls is mmm and mmm and everything nice. Jay. Sugar and spice. Sugar and spice. There you go. Okay, Joanne, you're still in the lead. Tyler's creeping up as is Jay. And if that sounds familiar, that's because it's from future installment, the $1 million chance of a lifetime. Ooh. Yes, and they only used that, again, for that first season. Don't know why. I mean, it sounds kind of out of place, but still, they used it for that one season. This is before they sort of swapped it out for the buzzer sound from Monopoly, past installment Monopoly? Yes. Okay. So the, the front game didn't change that much. The reason that we're here is because... Oh, yeah. The big, the big sweep. The big sweep, baby. Oh, oh baby. Because when you think supermarket sweep, it's the big sweep. And the big sweep itself was very rudimentary. This, again, shows the evolution of the game, uh, even in the first year or so. So by 1991, you had the shopping list, and you had the coffee, and you had some other little uh, side uh, events, if you will. The first season was pretty much, uh, the object of the big sweep in the first season was pretty much get as many groceries as you can, and if you can get a bonus, that'll help you out. And that's it. There is no so, coffee. So that, yeah, that, it was basically them doing the 60s era sweep in the here and now. In the, yeah, and that's why I said it, it, it's almost like an evolution of the TV show because... The 60s era supermarket sweep is very boring compared to what we got in the 90s and the 2000s and eventually in 2020, 2021, whenever you know, this whole coronavirus thing sort of blows over. But so, yeah, the, the sweep itself was get as much uh, groceries as you can. And if you get a bonus, good on you. And that's the game. Uh, or at least that's the big sweep, and then you go to the bonus uh, sweep. And that really didn't change all that much. But there's a lot to break down just in the changes in the big sweep. And just some of the other, not necessarily changes, but some of the features in the big sweep in the first season, particularly early in the first season. First, in some episodes, there was a lobster tank. A lobster tank? A lobster tank? Can't you just hear PETA, like, screaming up a storm? It, wait, was Mr. Pinchy in the lobster tank? Was was uh, Big Pinchy from not an installment, Craig of the Creek? 
I don't know what you guys are even talking about. <laughs> you, wait, you don't remember Mr. Pinchy from The Simpsons, Homer's Pet Lobster? Okay, I, I don't remember Craig of the Creek. I don't know what that That's is. That's because it's still on the air on Cartoon Network, and I'm not even going to touch it because it's really good. But anyway. But yeah, there is an actual lobster tank in the back of the frozen goods area, and the lobster's pincers were... Uh, taped off so you know n- nobody gets hurt or anything and yeah what a contestant could do is grab a lobster just one and put it in a plastic bin in, in a uh yeah we'll call it a plastic bin yeah uh, l- l- like a carry out uh, type of bin you'd get uh like chinese food from uh-huh. and uh one per customer i don't know what the value of it was but there's people going into the lobster tank let's get a lobster and I'm sure Pia went to Lifetime and said, how dare you treat those crustaceans like that? You're taking them out of water. They're gasping for air. That's not cool. I can imagine that did not fly over well at all. Oh, surely not. But hey, we have no problems throwing turkeys and hams into the cart. But, well... Probably because they're props, but go ahead. Well, well, well. No, remember, I said that Hughes supplied the the, the supermarket sweep with all the things in the store. Oh yeah, so they have, they're they're, oh, they're yeah, all the, real. The Foster Farms turkeys and the Farmer Jim hams. Farmer John. Farmer John. Farmer John. Foster Farms turkeys. Farmer John hams. Yeah. Oh, Jim Williams would not accept that if he was here. You don't talk about <laughs> Farmer John hot dogs that way. You don't talk about anything Farmer John that way. Vin Scully will smack you down a peg or two. Okay, so back to the big sweep. You had the bonus items. You had the Foster Farms turkeys. You had the Farmer John grass-fed hams. You had no coffee. You had no candy or pick-and-mix for our British listeners. What did you have? You had the sweep itself, and you had bonus items. And I thought I remembered one episode, at least one episode, where contestants could grab more than one bonus item. They didn't have the um, the, uh, the the peel off uh, stickers or whatever you want to call it on them. They had like the dollar values like on a flag attached to them or something like that. But I yeah, can't find... I remember that was that was from the pilot too. Well, that was on the pilot, but I remember this from my childhood, and I can't find anything online to corroborate this. So maybe it was you know a fever dream of mine from when I was you know 15 years old. But there were other things that they did in the big sweep in season one. Well, first they had a great camera angle uh, sh- uh, from overhead showing the contestants either at the start of the sweep or at the end of the sweep. And in that shot, there was a red clock. There's a red clock showing how much time there was left in the big sweep. And that didn't make it to future seasons. And that, I don't know, maybe it gave it a sense of authenticity in my opinion, but it just, that was something I liked even again, back as a 15 year old in 1990, that, that big red clock with the, uh, the, the, the 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 egg crate numbers on it showing how much time is left and you know it's uh, when the sweep started it'd show how much time team one has and then at the end it would have double zero I really like that 
Yeah, I, re I remember seeing that too. I, I don't think it was a fever dream of yours. I remember seeing that. In, oh, it's um, not a fever dream of mine. I can vouch that's not a fever dream of mine. I oh, actually okay. know that was there. No, I the fever dream was that people could pick up two, maybe three, but I don't remember three. I remember two items being picked up, uh, two bonus items, but th that definitely was not uh, a fever dream that the, the red uh, clock in, in the uh, background behind the contestants uh, on the side wall. That's definitely something that happened. But then also, again, we mentioned the lobster tank, another food item. And again, this must have been in certain episodes because maybe Al Howard and the powers that be thought, you know what? Those items are just too darn expensive. Everybody goes after them. Where's the strategy in the game? And also, it's a budget uh, cutter of sorts. Mm -hmm. At least in part of season one, and I don't think it was the entirety of season one, there was caviar in the market. Caviar in the market? Ca caviar. Caviar. Th there were cans of caviar, and almost everybody, when there was caviar in play, went to the caviar first and got their five cans. And they're about $40 a piece. So that was $200 right there. And they had, again, from my wasted childhood, there were exactly 15 cans of caviar. So everybody could get five. And in fact, uh, okay, I'm going to stop you right there because that brings up a point here that I want to make. You couldn't just go wild through the aisles like Dave Ruprecht said you could. There were rules. And the rules were, one, you could only have five items to a shopper. Two, if you knocked something off the shelf or otherwise damaged it, it's a $25 restocking fee. And three, only the shoppers could be in the market. Their partners were required to remain at the checkout. Well, that's funny you mentioned that, the restocking fee, because... Isn't that, correct me if I'm mistaken, but isn't that something that they've brought on the uh, newly revamped UK version of Supermarket Sweep? Oh, yeah, they they're uh, the new version of Supermarket Sweep. The contestants don't give a damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, no, if you've seen some of the shows, and I know Greg and Chico have seen some of the shows. Yes, there there have been episodes where a contestant knocks over the entire. A entire shelf of products and it's only a ten dollar penalty it's not ten per item but yeah the person knocks over the entire shelf of products and i mean they look like you know oh yeah i mean they, they got caught red-handed and, and they're upset but it's like you knocked over like a hundred pounds worth of goods but hey we're only going to deduct you 10 pounds and, and also you know not getting too far off there was a hundred dollar penalty for hitting a cameraman which I yes. don't even remember. I don't remember ever seeing that. Not even talking about 1990. I'm talking for the length of the show. I don't remember them hitting a cameraman. And I, there was a $25 pound penalty on the new supermarket sweep in Britain uh, if you hit a cameraman. And believe it or not, that happens more often than you'd think. Just yeah. accidentally running into it. Plus, also, the, the well, supermarket. The, well, the supermarket in the British version right now is really, really small. 
Well, that's exactly what I was just going to say is the supermarket in the British version is tiny compared to what we I mean, have we're here. talking about uh, Aldi sized. Yeah. Uh, depends what Aldi you go to. I go to one that's my, decent sized. My, my Aldi's pretty is is a good size. My Aldi's tiny. There's a there's a dollar there's a dollar general around across the street looking at it and saying, "Damn." I'll say this much. Can you imagine if there's a mess in the British version of Supermarket Sweep? Just uh, Gary, Gary, the security guard, is probably thinking to himself, uh, geez, now i got to clean up this mess. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's not union, so he's got to clean that up. Oh, uh, yeah. It, but interesting you mention Gary, the security guard. Because, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, there were... Uh, plenty of sort of paralogs to Gary the security guard in season one, weren't they? I'm gonna hold off on that for just another moment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we had caviar, we had a lobster tank, we had did different they have color- condoms like did they had condoms like they did in the pilot. I don't remember, I don't never remember condoms there, but also you got to remember that 1990, the first condom ad hadn't aired at that point. So that may have still been a bit of a taboo thing, even for maybe like a lifetime audience. I mean, right. I, yeah. I know the lifetime audience in 1990 is a lot different than the lifetime audience in 2020, yeah, that, that may have been a taboo thing to talk about in 1990 until, well, excuse the phrase, and I don't mean this intentionally, uh, until the, the topic broke, until you, you, know, you actually had that first condom commercial. Oh, by the way, that was 1991 on future installment Herman's Head. I remember that episode. I'm anyway, not touching that. Continue. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. But no, continue, I was also, Mike. Continue. I, I, I'm trying to take the high road. Thank you. But also the sweaters themselves, we're used to the, the teal and the yellow and the red sweaters. The colors changed a little bit. So yeah, the colors, Team 1 actually looks pretty much like that teal color. Not not really a green. It, it's, it's about that teal color. Team 2 wore red. And Team 3 wore blue. So maybe they wanted to put a yellow in to, to lighten up the palette a bit because red and green and blue, especially, you know, that dark blue. And I mean, the red was a brighter red. And the teal, obviously, it's it's teal. It's a, a lighter blue-green. But I, I wonder if the yellow and, was added and, to, to give some to contrast. To give some balance to the... The muted colors of the supermarket combined with the cl- loud colors of the sweaters. You said it a lot better than I could. That, that's pretty spot on. But also, um, in some of the early episodes, they actually went down to dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And, yeah, they'd say, oh, you won $461.57. Okay. Why don't you either... Round it up to four sixty-two, or round it down to four sixty-one, and th- that didn't last terribly long. No. And, and the only other time I remember this happening once, and I'm sure it's happened more than once, but they did have 
a dollar tie. They did have a dollar tie in terms of two teams getting the same amount of dollars, and they actually did go down to cents as the tiebreaker for that show. And uh, that just makes me wonder if for later episodes when they didn't do dollars and cents, did they take, and I, I don't want to throw much math terminology here because I'm, you know, we don't want you thinking too much on this show, but did they take the floor of the actual dollar amount or did they take the ceiling? Hmm. In other words, did they just lop off if again, using the four sixty one fifty seven example, did they just lop off the 57 cents and take the floor, which is four sixty one, or did they raise it to the next highest dollar, which would be four sixty two, which would be the ceiling. So there's your math lesson for the day, kids. Mr. Klaus has successfully completed his obligations for teaching over the summer. But guys, guys. Yeah, we got to talk about the real reason we're here. Yeah. And Chico alluded to this earlier. Well, here's the thing. We're not here. when we. The real reason we're doing this entry is not for the, the stuff with Hughes or the stuff with the, like, the, the, the clock on the side. No, 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 no. Or the penalties. No, no, no. We're here to talk about one thing. That was during the middle of the sweep. They had monsters in the aisles to distract monsters. The yes, monsters. monsters. Yeah, darn right, they had monsters in the aisles. Yeah, they had like monster. They had like a Frankenstein monster. They had all sorts of monsters. Now, Mike. When you brought this up to me, like, uh, like two years ago or a year ago, that about the monsters and Supermarket Sweep. Now I'm gonna say I was six years old. I watched Supermarket Sweep all the time in 1990. I have no memories of the monsters. Oh, I remember the monsters really well. Now, as I mentioned uh, before we started the show, my family, well, specifically mom and my sister and, and myself. We like religiously watch Supermarket Sweep. And you better believe there were monsters in the aisle. And all their purpose was is they'd roam around the aisles. Don't know if it was randomly or if uh, if they knew where they were going. Well, they had to know where they were going because they could see through the masks. Otherwise, they'd be hitting stuff, uh, you know, going down the, the supermarket. But I wonder if, you know, somebody had an earpiece, turn left, go down aisle three. You know, just to you know, get more uh, camera time and and prevent uh, shoppers from from shopping in that area. But yes, there were four monsters, and there was a Frankenstein's monster. There was a gorilla. Gorilla. Thank you, Francesa. And there was a big turkey named Big Dave. Not Batista. And- uh, well, I wonder if it's an homage to, to David Ruprecht. Yeah, oh. it's probably. I'll, I'll tell you right now, though, it would have worked either way. It could have. It could have worked either way. And then the one that, when I first told Greg about this, he did not believe this. And I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. You've got to see this. There was a creature called Mr. Yuck. And how to describe Mr. Yuck? How um, do you describe Mr. Yuck? It's not the Mr. Yuck from the, the poison uh, ads from back in the day, the poison control or anything like that, 
where it's a guy with a green face sticking out his tongue and squinting. Mr. Yuck had the ugliest face. I mean, he, he had a, a nose that was like a snout with big nostrils and this big, ugly grin with not even an ugly grin, just an ugly face. His, his teeth, he needs to see an orthodontist. And he has a little tuft of red hair on top of his head. And his eyes are protruding. I'm looking at the picture right now. And, his, and, and his nose is where his eyes are supposed to be. Yeah, and his eyes are sure where his ears are supposed to be. And when I say protruding, think of like, oh gosh, this is going to sound goofy, but think Gary the Snail on SpongeBob, where his eyes are protruding out of his head. Yeah, those type of eyes. And Mr. Yuck sometimes holds his eyes. And it's... What the heck was Al Howard thinking? (laughs) Al Howard just didn't give a toss. I think he was just throwing stuff uh, and seeing uh, what would stick. Throwing darts at the proverbial dartboard. What will work out? Okay, we're going to get some flack from the PETA people for the lobster tank. Caviar is too expensive uh, and also too obvious. Everybody's going to go to the caviar because, you know, there's no strategy in going for the most expensive thing in the market by probably close to double at that point. And then you have these monsters roaming the market aimlessly, and the, the monster came down your aisle. He was not stopping. The monsters were not polite. They wouldn't let you finish shopping. As soon as they got to you, you had to turn around. And, yeah, this didn't last all that long. Oh, my gosh. In fact, I have the uh, annotated history of the demise of the market monsters from Season 1, thanks to our friends at Fandom.com. After appearing for almost four months, the show decided to stop using the weird customers throughout the big sweep, originally intended to somewhat startle and scare the customer, as well as provide an alternate obstacle in which to overcome. They were deemed to be an inconvenience. Evidence of their uselessness comes from when a Team 3 contestant, who already has relatively less time out in the market, runs across one first thing, causing them to lose otherwise valuable shopping time. Encounters such as these almost always resulted in a loss. The show's developer realized that viewers would rather watch players running wild through the aisles with awkward items in tow than watch hideous monsters deviating and distracting from the overall fun intended in the final round. They were dropped in late 1990, never to appear again. Yeah, awkward uh, items, not awkward characters in the market. Yeah. Give give me somebody trying to lug a, gi- a Jolly Green Giant back to the counter. I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. I think there's probably a reason why I forgot about the monsters. It's like, yeah, it's basically, what did, what did the monsters do? They just provided an annoyance for the uh, contestants while they were doing the big sweep. So it makes sense that they just decided, you know what? Not even a bother with these monsters. Just, just forget them. Everyone, everyone cares about the big sweep. That's what we got to focus on. We got to focus on the big sweep. We got to focus on getting as much giant inflatable cans of Pepsi and friggin' the Jolly Green Giant as possible. And I will add, 
in this first season, I saw the highest amount of time total that I've ever seen, which was four minutes and ten seconds. But they'd have to have got they, that 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 team would have to have gotten every single question right and then some. Well, from what I've seen, the theoretical maximum time was five minutes and twenty seconds. Uh, but also, you need to remember that you know, if all three teams match on the, you know, picking one, two, or three, it's worth thirty seconds, and it's possible it could have happened once, or I don't think it would happen twice in that show. Well, it could have because, as I said, they did play that you know A, B, or C type of game multiple times in a number of the episodes that uh, I, I viewed online. So yeah, if somebody gets lucky and uh, and all three teams pick the right answer two times, I mean that's a minute instead of twenty seconds. So anything's possible. But I will add, even though I thought four ten is the most time, ardent listener Nick Toter did point out that in the final season of the PAX version back in two thousand two, one team did amass four minutes and twenty seconds. <laughs> so yeah there was a team in 2000 and it recently aired on buzzer i actually have a recording of it on my computer where they had three minutes and 50 seconds and not only did they not win they came in last place yikes yeah and there were no monsters involved there but you also got to remember that as time went on, there were more bonuses. You had the bread center, and you had candy, and you had coffee, and you had the stack job, and you had the sweep swipe, and and the manager special, and like at least usually three different side events in every game. So, and then talking about the bonus items, remember you had the super bonus, two hundred and fifty dollars. So then, they were and just the super throwing- super. Bo- and then there was the super super bonus, yeah, three hundred dollars exactly. So they were just throwing money left and right, and even if you look at these older episodes from nineteen ninety, look like a common value or a, a, an average value, if you will, uh, of a winning team was in the range of about six hundred dollars. But you know, as shows get more popular, you can throw a little bit more money out there. Okay, you know what? Six hundred was good for starters. We'll make it a thousand now. And then, okay, we're going to get people to watch our show when it comes back on a very uh, minimally watched network packs. We're going to make it $1,400 and $1,500. And not just cash, they have cars and cruises and, yeah, pretty much it cars and cruises. Yeah. Cars and cruises and trips to Paris. With old Frenchy Dave, they also had the the uh, remember the Geo Trackers month of uh, shows, the twin card giveaway. Yes, yeah, the twin card giveaway. That was great. That's about it of what I noticed on these shows. Unless anybody wants to chime in with anything else. Well, um, they would sort of scale back on the uh, sponsorships and. Uh, really go heavy on the bonuses when season two came around in September, but basically it became a really beloved show. 
and one of the defining game shows of the 1990s and early 2000s. But back in 1990, when Lifetime decided to pair a plucky Jay Wolpert show with a reboot of an Al Howard favorites. It was a thing on TV. And I should mention that the cross-promotion with Hughes Supermarkets wasn't in the second season in 1990. So that was a one-season-and-done deal. I'm guessing, again, because of the popularity, hey, we could afford to get items in the market without any sort of sponsorship. Plus, also, if you've heard stories about the food in Supermarket Sweep, it was primarily past-date food. Yeah. And Dave Ruprecht tells stories. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, and not just Dave Ruprecht. Randy West, too. And he talked about, A, how rank the supermarket would smell after taping five episodes under those hot lights with those expired foods, specifically the dairy and the meat. But also, too, uh, Randy West uh, talks about, at the end of the season, him taking home the big wedges of cheese and all the cheese parties he'd have. Hey, Randy, if you happen to be listening to us. But, yeah, that was season one of Supermarket Sweep, which, again, shows you the genesis of of the show, uh, how it started uh, into how it is, you know, how we remember it, because... They haven't aired the first season. Actually, I don't think they've aired the first two seasons, either of the 1990 seasons on Buzzer, just 91, 92, 93, 94, and 2000. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to go to Amazon Prime, uh, Buzzer on on Prime Video to uh, get those episodes. I may be wrong, though. Uh, As of recently, it looks like Amazon Prime only has Supermarket Sweep from 2000 episodes, but there might be some from 91. Yes. Oh man, I, I hope I can. I hope on the ninety-one episodes they at least have the episode where Matt Vaskersen was on there. I remember that episode. <laughs> What's a heifer? Oh, by the way, Matt Vaskersen of past installment, the XFL two thousand one, and future installment, Sports Geniuses. Oh, jeez. And baseball, and baseball, and baseball IQ. It it always goes back to something around here. Oh, did we mention David Ruprecht was on Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour? Everything goes back to Twin Peaks, Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour, or making it. Well, guys, we talked about checking out at the supermarket. You know what else people should check out? What should we check out, Mike? Well, not you, but our listeners should check out our website, www.itwasathingontv.com, where you can find all the past episodes. I actually uh, did a little tinkering with the website over the last few days. Now you should be able to search the archive by month. So if you want to go to back episodes, instead of letting the whole page load, you can go back by month. So if you want to start at the beginning, you can go to October of, of 2019. If there's maybe an episode you want to hear from earlier this year, you go to January 2020. So I made it a little bit easier, a little more user-friendly, if you will. Uh, and also, we have a Discord. Well, it's sort of a Discord. I, I have my own Discord, but we do have a, a section in the Discord dedicated to It Was a Thing on TV where I talk about uh, some of the upcoming shows, 
I talk about uh, just some different type of things. Um, one thing that I put there and also on the Twitter uh, earlier this week was an image that I recently acquired, and I asked people, how many future installments can you come up with that involve these four celebrities? And the four celebrities are Misty Rowe, Polly Holiday, Peter Isaacson, and Bernie Capel. And if you get three, I deem that like an average score. Five is great. If you can get ten, you're cheating. Or you're, <laughs> you're, or you're a super expert. Because based on what I saw, I found 12 installments. And one of the installments uh, that's an answer to that little question we're going to cover in two weeks. Ooh. Yeah, not going to say what it is, but yeah. So uh, at least one of those celebrities is going to be popping up on this podcast in the very near future. And again, besides the Discord and the Twitter, we're on Facebook and Instagram. And don't know if anybody even really cares about the Tumblr at this point. Uh, I don't even think anybody's following us on Tumblr, so that may be deleted sooner or later. We and have more. We have more. We have more followers on Jack Dorsey's hate box. We have a good number of people following us on Jack Dorsey's hate box, and a, a bigger following on Instagram. And I, I think also uh, Facebook has about the same number of followers as as Mark Zuckerberg's so. hate box. Yeah, well, there's a lot of hate to go around nowadays, unfortunately. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. You're absolutely right. Well, you know what we don't hate? Our next entry. You're darn right about that. Our next entry. No spoilers. Uh, we briefly alluded to it uh, a number of weeks ago, but we're doing a whole episode on it. <laughs> but that'll be coming your way on Thursday. And as always, please like and subscribe. Rate and review and share because sharing is caring. And we really do appreciate your following and liking and all that. It makes us feel nice and warm down inside. So until that installment coming up Thursday, thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you later this week with another installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Rar. I'm not doing the roar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the ending. That's the ending. <laughs> put in a clip from Supermarket Sweep that just had me laughing from season one. But no, that's the ending. I'm not doing the roar. <laughs>